0: there's only one nation raider nation you're listening to silver and black tonight on the mightier 1090 espn radio
1: Happy Friday night, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Southern California's only all Raiders talk show. That, of course, is Silver and Black Tonight. I am your host, Scott Branson. Thanks for being back with me here as we come to you up and down the West Coast on the Boomer. That is the Minor 10 ESPN Radio. We are here to talk about Raiders football. Lots going on. Yes, It is the end of May. It's almost June, but there is a lot going on, and we want to get into that. Just a rundown of tonight's guests. We're proud to have some really good folks on the show tonight. Number one, Carmen Vitale. She is the NFL senior reporter and managing editor at the Draft Network. She'll be with us. She's going to tell us why she thinks the Raiders, yes, yes, you're Raiders, getting some national love. She thinks they could be the toughest and the most dangerous team in the AFC West, so we'll talk to Carmen Vitali about her views on that, as well as Hikairu Kudo from Sports Illustrated's Raider Maven website. Of course, our good friend Hondo Carpenter, the publisher of that site, uh, Hikairu is one of his writers. He's been on the show before. We're going to talk to him about a whole slew of things that have to do with Raider Nation. But we certainly appreciate you guys being with us. Lots to get to tonight in this short one hour. Uh, make sure you follow us, by the way, on Twitter, SNB Today, where you can follow all the action, what's going on with the show, the latest in Raider news. Also follow me at LVGully, my usual co-host. Mr. Mo Moton, is on his summer hiatus. You can follow him too. He is still writing about the Raiders, and he'll be back uh, very, very soon at Mo, M-O-E, M-O-T-O-N. So make sure you do that. Check out silverandblacktonight.com where you can get archives of this show so just you know connect with us check out the youtube channel we are going to you live of course on the mightier 1090 espn radio but we're also simulcast on youtube check out the silver and black today youtube channel where you can also watch us if you like uh where you can get this show but let's get into it i got to get to the first item of course breaking on wednesday was that a one colin kaepernick yes you may have heard of him you may not have heard of him Colin Kaepernick, a workout with the Raiders, his first workout with the NFL team in the six years he has been away from the game. All the reasons you know about it, I don't need to go into the Kaepernick story. We'll ask Carmen about it. We'll ask Hikairu about it as well. But it's interesting. It's another argument in Raider Nation. But this is not surprising. Kaepernick is a polarizing figure for his beliefs and those political issues he's raised, societal issues he's raised. And i've I said I've said all the time on this show that I don't agree with Colin Kaepernick on everything he does, But I've always said i would I wished and hoped that he got a chance to try out with an NFL team because I think sports is the ultimate meritocracy. If you can play, someone will want you to play. Now I know you've got people in the national media talking about how he's been colluded against and the owners have kept him out of football. I'm not going in any of that. That's for a different argument. But what I want to talk about, my concern with Kaepernick has nothing to do with the the off-the-field stuff. It really does not. What it has to do with is a guy who hasn't played in six years. Yes, he's 35. Yes, he's in great shape. That has nothing to do with it. Real-time football in the NFL, in other leagues, is not throwing... Uh, passes down a sideline in drills for a workout. It's a whole different game. So whatever Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler see, that's what's going to matter. What you and I think doesn't matter a whole damn lot if, if he doesn't have the talent or if they see something we don't, right? So that aside, here is my question. It's got nothing to do with his politics. I've talked about that in the past. What I would say, though, is what I don't understand about Colin Kaepernick is it's been six years. If the NFL colluded to keep him out, why hasn't he played football elsewhere? If you want to play football and you want to prove people wrong, that you still have lots in the tank to go, even as a backup. Why haven't you played in the USFL? Why didn't you play in the American League, the, the, the defunct? Of course, it didn't last, but why didn't you play there? Why didn't you play in Canada? That's my question with Colin Kaepernick, is not the political stuff. That's, again... 50 50 people hate it, 50% of the people love him because of his stances. So that's, I'm not getting into the politics of it here. What I'm saying, though, is if Colin Kaepernick wanted to play football, that's why I'm skeptical. Why has he not wanted to play football? I had people on social media say, well, no, he's in great shape. It's not the same. It's not the same as playing at speed NFL or even professional football, even like you're seeing with the USFL this summer. That's my question is how bad does he want to play football versus how bad does he want an NFL contract? How bad does he want uh, to stick it to the NFL in some way? I, I don't know. I, I'm not in the guy's head. I'm not going to purport to know what he thinks. But that's my question. So so and and, and fans who say, well, if you, if you don't like the signing of Kaepernick, that's great because then we get rid of racist fans. Well, not everybody <laughs> – Who doesn't like Colin Kaepernick is racist, just like everybody who likes Colin Kaepernick is not some evil person who hates the police and and believes in communism. So it goes both ways. But what I'm saying is I'm skeptical from the ability and the time away from the game standpoint. So we'll have to see how that goes, but we'll certainly ask Carmen as we bring her on the show and talk about it. Lots of other things we're going to get to in the second segment with Haikuro, about a lot of the things in Raider Nation, including some roster news, including some revelations out of the St. Louis lawsuit. There's just so much going on in Raider Nation. It's never a dull moment. Nothing new on the front office uproar, or I should say the over to the turnover. Nothing on that uh, recently. But there is John Gruden news, which we'll get to in the second segment as well. All right. It's time to go to somebody who can talk to us about the Raiders, what they think of them nationally. Joining me now, Carmen Vitale. She's a senior NFL reporter and managing editor at the Draft Network. You can follow her on Twitter at Carmi, C-A-R-M-I-E-V, uh, as well. So, Carmen, Car- appreciate you being with us here to talk a little bit about football. I mean, it is, it's almost June, right? It's still football season.
2: It's always football season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I agree, 100. Uh, all All right, so let's jump in because I I, I came across your piece, uh, on, and and its title got me right off the bat, of course. And Raider fans who watch and listen to our show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio uh, are going to love hearing this. And and it was titled "Why the Raiders Are AFC Mo- West Most Dangerous Team." Why are they the AFC West most dangerous team? And we just coming off an off season thus far where we've seen the AFC West get guys like, oh, a one Russell Wilson. We've seen Khalil Mack go to the Chargers. It's been an amazing off season for the entire division. Why are the Raiders, in your view, uh, perhaps the most dangerous uh, team in
2: the division? I mean, I think it's kind of a perfect storm of the fact that the Raiders made themselves so much better this off season with some off season additions on top of the fact that there are some key pieces that maybe actually – departed the AFC West, namely Tyree Hill, obviously, in Kansas City, <laughs> that makes some teams um, in that division a little bit less dangerous. I know the Chargers are really well-rounded, um, and obviously the Broncos, we're going to see how this Russell Wilson experiment goes, but you've got actually a, quite a bit of continuity, and you had a good team last year in Las mm. Vegas, and now you're bringing in a coach like Josh McDaniels. You were finally able to pry this man away from New England, and I just think that that marriage between him and Derek Carr is going to be and like, it's going to be a match made in heaven at some point. And I, I think it's not going to take very long from what I hear from OTAs that are happening right now. You know, there's a sense of discipline and accountability that Josh McDaniels has brought with him from New England, the, you know, the Patriot way. But I think that entire process kind of gets, got swept under the rug because of all the other moves in the AFC West and the AFC in general, that we're not talking enough about the fact that Josh McDaniels is now the head coach of the of Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Right. And and that I want to talk to you about that because the whole Josh Mc when Josh McDaniels since since we cover all Raiders, right? There was a lot of the fan base that was not excited about it because of McDaniels first failed foray into head coaching in Denver. Now that was quite a while ago and the guy's got six rings. So yeah. talk about a is there is, is there a is the skepticism, I should say, is that warranted for a little bit? Or do you think that Josh McDaniels, in his time in New England, what he's done, and, and for those of us that cover the league, know and talking to other people how well he's respected, is that pessimism justified? Or do you think we should be past that?
2: I think we should be past that completely. And I mean, he wasn't going to you know, foray, like you said, into another head coaching position, unless it was going to stick this time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously it has. And I think that's what's really interesting too. And I put this in the piece, um, kind of making a mockery of the whole narrative of like, well, Josh McDaniels had Tom Brady that entire time. How much did he really do? And the truth of the matter is I would, you know, I was with the Buccaneers for the last six years. So the last couple of years with Tom Brady, Uh, weirdly enough, Tom loves to be coached. He is in constant contact, at least the experience that I had with him and what I saw out of that coaching staff and how he worked with by offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, quarterbacks coach, Clyde Christensen, Tom Brady wants to be coached and he wants to get better constantly. Sure. But he is very much, he knows that he is the quarterback in a, in a larger system. Um, And so I think that we don't maybe necessarily give McDaniels enough credit for what, Uh, the success of the New England Patriots and that offense for all those years. So I think we should be like wholeheartedly past that. And I think that Raiders fans should be very excited about Josh.
1: Yeah, and your point and your experience with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, I think speaks to that. And I agree 100 percent that the misnomer about great players is that they somehow don't need coaching, and that just is uh, completely farcical in my view. Uh, but you talk about the you talk about the quarterback, you talk about Derek Carr. You just mentioned him and the relationship that he'll have with Josh McDaniels. And obviously, Carr got his extension, so he's happy from from the contract side. Deservedly really so. Yes, and then then they go out and they add oh I don't know Devontae Adams uh, to the mix Just along the best through. receiver in the league yeah, <laughs> exactly. <Just> the best. <sighs> No along, uh, along with Darren Waller and oh by the way the guy we call the slot machine in Las Vegas Hunter Renfro I mean and Josh Jacobs in the backfield who you mentioned in your piece as well they have a loaded offense talk about that piece of this Raiders team because there's been a, I mean Derek Carr's been maligned even within Raider nation but now he's got a multitude of tools this offense if if it I mean it's got a click right i mean there's just so much talent there
2: Absolutely. And I mean, I think that you've seen this. Um, I'm actually working on another piece, given my experience with the Bucks, When you bring all of this offensive talent together, whether that's, you know, through free agency and making these big splashes, um, it tends to work. And we saw the Bucks do it in 2020. You saw the Rams do it in 2021. Um, and now that you've got Devontae Adams on this offense, I, like, not only is he the best, one of the best receivers in the league, which actually pains me as someone who grew up in Chicago and grew up a Bears fan <laughs> to admit that a Packers fan or a Packers receiver is, you know, at the top of his game. But he is. Not only that, though, he will have an instant chemistry with Derek Carr because, oh, by the way, these two were these two were teammates in college. So you're making Derek Carr happy, and happy quarterbacks do good things, um, <laughs> especially when they're surrounded by talent, and not only talent but talent at, you know, different aspects and dynamics of the game right because Devontae Adams is not the same receiver as Hunter Renfro but it's amazing to have a combination of two receivers like that in your wideouts room and then oh by the way you've got a really great pass catching tight end also and then you've got Josh Jacobs uh, to fortify that ground game and to add balance to this offense so I just think that it's so complete and that's going to make them so dangerous.
1: Agree, 100%. You also talk about, and I think rightfully so, because I think it's with all of that offensive firepower and, of course, the big trade for Adams this offseason gets lost is what the Raiders have done on defense, starting with Patrick Graham as a defensive coordinator. Then you add Chandler Jones to the stud Max Crosby on the other side. Now, they have some work to do at cornerback, but overall, you look at that Raider defense and how it stacks up against everybody in the AFC West. That's another key why you think they're dangerous too, isn't it?
2: absolutely because i mean you're going to need a way to shut down these prolific quarterbacks that are in this division that are in this conference for that matter um and i think that you're you have Talent now at every level of the field, right? I think I'm very interested to see how Rocky Sin ends up doing in that. You mentioned the quarterbacks, you know, it's going to be an interesting rotation to figure out there. Um, But you know, that defensive line too has been fortified through the draft, and that's going to allow Max Crosby and Chandler Jones to be Max Crosby and Chandler Jones together. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've again with the experience that I've had the past few years, seeing what you know, pass rushing bookends can do with a good, strong, solid interior that's eating up blockers. I mean, the Guys, the limit on that, and you're going to need to get after these quarterbacks, and these guys are the ones to do it. So again, when you're talking about the Raiders, you're talking about a complete team. Um, I know there's you know some question marks at the offensive line still, but again, you know they their first pick of the draft, they they're trying to address that and kind of get some some uh, reinforcements in there, but. Again, I just I, I look at this roster and it's so talented and now it's being captained by a guy in Josh McDaniels that's going to bring discipline and just a really good you know structure to this team.
1: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I, I said that the day Dave Ziegler and uh, Josh McDaniels were introduced to the Raiders and the way they've done their business, you know, you cover the NFL, you understand this too. There's some organizations, you can just kind of tell how they do, even the little things, how right. organized they are. And I think we've seen that jump uh, with the Raiders as well. Then you also mentioned the schedule, right? So the Raiders' schedule, I think, is seventh, tied for seventh, most difficult. They have some yeah. really tough stretches. And then just the AFC West itself, uh, when you look at, that how how is this team gonna stack up against that schedule? Do we make too much of that, or is there something there that they're gonna have to be cautious of?
2: No, I mean I think that there definitely is something to be said about tough schedules, and I think it actually the list I used in my article was Football Outsiders, which had or Sharp Football Analysis. I'm sorry, Sharp, yeah, and it had it as the third toughest schedule <laughs> of any team. <laughs> But that being said, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs were right there as well. So you've got two teams within the AFC West that have really, really tough schedules, even outside of their own division. But I also think that there's a correlation there, right? When you have to play some of the most prolific teams in your conference twice in a year, your schedule, like the schedule toughness is going to go up. So, but at the same time, every team in your division has to play each other. So I fully expect the AFC West to kind of beat up on each other, which is going to be very interesting. And I think is an opportunity for some outside teams in the AFC to kind of sneak in there. But if the Raiders can make it out of that division, uh, which I think that is, is very possible. get uh, looking at their schedule. Then, I mean, again, I ended the whole article just by saying, don't be surprised when the Raiders are the ones Representing the AFC in the Super Bowl this year down in Phoenix.
1: Yes. And I know, I know Raider fans, there's there's you're gonna see a million follows all of a sudden on Twitter because (laughs) they like you for saying that. Uh and and Raider fans get very sensitive because they don't feel like they get enough um positive attention when they deserve it, again, when they deserve it from the national media, which you're obviously a part of. Uh, but that's great. But I I I'd also be remiss if I didn't ask you. So we know Colin Kaepernick comes into Las Vegas uh, on Wednesday and has a workout with the Raiders. Uh, what do you think about that and, and its overall, overall kind of uh, mystique around the rate? You know, the Raiders going back to, to even before you were born and, and when I was a very wee child uh, were known for taking on guys for second chances and whatnot. Is it surprising to you at all that he finally got a workout and it was with the Raiders?
2: No, not at all. And I mean, you're you're going back to your college roots, too. You know, this is a Nevada guy. (laughs) Um, So he's very familiar with with the state. Um, But I think that it's a wonderful opportunity for um, the NFL and for the Raiders in, in particular to do something good and to rectify a situation that was probably not warranted. And again, hey, you're not bringing him in to replace Derek Carr. That's not what's going to happen. No. But why not give this guy a shot? As a, in a backup role, and that's is something that he said that he wants to do. He wants to earn, you know, his reps back. And I don't see really much downside to this at all. And I, I really commend the Raiders for being able to do something like that.
1: Yeah. And, and it's a tough subject, right? Because it's it's like if I had just asked you about the performance of the President of the United States, like you can't win when you answer these questions no. anymore because 50% <laughs> love what you say, 50% hate what you say. But my my contention, I want to get your thought on this as somebody who covers the entire league. Um, my contention with Cabernet has nothing to do with any of that. It's It's the guy's been away from football for six years. Right. The reasoning for that we could argue and debate for a long time. But the fact that he hasn't played live football in six years um, and didn't, I don't think, try either like he didn't try USFL or whatnot. uh, It would be a remarkable story if someone who has not played a down in six years came back and made a roster. How difficult will it be for him to make a roster?
2: I mean, I think it will be difficult. And that's why, you know, the tryout itself, I think, is a really good step. Um, but, and I, I, again, that's what I'm commending the Raiders, I think for doing, but yeah, at the same time, you don't really have anything to lose because this guy has been out of football for six years. Think about how the league has changed in six, Mm -hmm. six years. The guys that have come in the league in six years, he's not used to, I mean, just kind of the way that offenses have changed and what he would be expected to do and the way how defenses have changed in response to these offenses. I mean, six years is a long time in this league um, to be completely out of football and to not be taking those live reps and, and be under live fire. Um, because I think that the talent in this league just grows exponentially every single year and the league progresses forward. So um, that being said, he was a little bit ahead of his time and his skill set. Mm-hmm. when he left football right he was already kind of that like dual threat type of quarterback who was mobile um who had a lot of athleticism to him which is where you see being coveted in the league now um so he was a little bit ahead of his time there but that being said he's also no spring chicken because i think her him and i are the same age so like um, <laughs> oh you're young he, you're like, young like, like i remember actually when i went to arizona state undergrad and we played nevada we played colin kaepernick i remember watching him in college Um, and he was, I mean, he was such a dynamic quarterback and I think Arizona state lost that game and I'm not even like surprised at that point. (laughs) Um, but it, you know, he was ahead of his time and I think that he fits where the league is going, but again, it's just being out that long is going to be very interesting. And you're right. It would be an incredible story. It would be. And, and by the
1: way, I, I went to UNLV, so we don't call them Nevada. We call them Nevada Reno. Because that's sorry. you know how it is. It's just like you would say, "No pity for the kitty," right? In Arizona, sorry, sorry. We, we, we have our sorry, little man. our little digs as well. That's the only reason I didn't like Colin Kaepernick was because he was a, was a <laughs> part of the Wolf Pack. But but nonetheless, we appreciate your thoughts on that. You can follow Carmen Vitali at Carmy V on Twitter. Go up and read her stuff on the Draft Network. Carmen, thank you so much for being with us, and we'll uh, we'll invite you back sometime real soon. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This is great.
1: Draft Network for joining us. Good stuff. And Raider Nation, you're always saying. Where's the good national media? Well, there you go. I mean, Carmen, in her piece, if you read that, uh, really goes into why she believes it, as she told us just now on the show. But I will tell you that I agree. I think the Raiders are underrated, but that's not a bad place to be. I think if you want to surprise people, that's not a bad thing. I think the Raiders do have, overall, the best roster in the division. Sports Illustrated, our good friend Hano Carpenter's site, Raider Maven's website up on Sports Illustrated. He's going to join us. We're going to talk all about... The Raiders and St. Louis. What?
0: We will be right back with Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Uh, 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 come on, I'm than your average. I'm a twist, cabbage on instinct. Don't think, think, think us My Detroit players, Tim's for my hooligans. Now back to Scott and Mo on Silver and Black Tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: All right, welcome back. Silver and Black Tonight here only on the Mightier 1090. ESPN Radio. Thanks for being with us and uh, thanks for talking to Raiders Football again. Thanks to Carmen Vitali for joining us in the first segment. Hope you enjoyed that and we're not going to let you down now as we uh, bring on our next guest. By the way, don't forget, uh, if you miss the show, it's okay. We'll forgive you. Just subscribe to it on the podcast feed. So if you miss the show on Friday night, we understand Friday night you might be out with the family, having dinner, out with your significant other, whatever it is. But you can always catch up with us afterwards. Just make sure you go to your favorite podcast platform, whether you're on Apple, whether you're on Google, Spotify, you name it. You can go ahead and subscribe there and you'll get the show as well uh, there. Also, you can catch the show, as you can see right here, if you're watching us on youtube Uh, it premieres at the same time as the show 6 p.m on fridays you can also catch that clearly after the fact as well do us a favor on youtube hit subscription uh, and subscribe but also hit the notifications bell that way you know uh, when a new video is up as we're going to ramp up that whole the whole channel again as we gear up for next season so let's do that but Now we're going to take through the magic of the broadcast interwebs. Uh, We are now going to talk Raiders football all the way from Japan. Yes, from Japan. But uh, Hikaru Kudo, who covers the Raiders uh, with our good friend Hondo Carpenter on SI's Raider Maven website, now joins us. Uh, Thanks, man. I know you're like 13 hours ahead of us uh, here in the United States uh, where I'm at. Hikaru, so so we appreciate you being here, and we certainly hope you're having fun out there.
3: Well, I'm having a great time down here, but I'm still writing and covering Raiders football, so nothing's changed, really, and (laughs) hey, Scott, when you... Send me a DM on Twitter and says, "Yo, I want you back on my show." I'm like, I
1: can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and uh, I'm sure sh- I'm sure you're having a great time, and and it's a beautiful country. I can only imagine uh, where you're at and how how well you're doing seeing your family there. So let's dive in, though, talking about your coverage of the of the Raiders and um, what's been going on because you know we we go into this time frame and sometimes it can get a little slow, but not in not in Raider Nation. Uh, and and you wrote a couple things this week, and one of them popped out at me. And we'll get to the story of the moment, of course, which is Colin Kaepernick in a second. But but the, you wrote about the Raiders again being road warriors with the amount of miles that they're going to travel. The Raiders, depending where you look, have either the third to seventh hardest schedule on the on the uh, on the NFL docket. But I looked at the miles and I looked at previous years. If you go back to 2019 with the international trips and the East Coast trips and the whole thing with Oakland, it seemed like when the schedule came out that it wasn't that bad. But they're still going to be on the road a lot.
3: Exactly. And, you know, that's what was interesting for me because you look into it a little bit more. And I mean, okay, 20,000, you know, 500 plus miles. All right, great. You're ninth in the NFL. Okay, you're in the middle of the pack. But then you got to put in references the NFL International Series is coming back. So mm. what does that put in? Seven of the nine teams in that top nine bracket is playing overseas. Wow. So. It's not domestic travel. You know, it's not like you're going from East Coast to West Coast, East West Coast, East Coast. Raiders <laughs> are part of that, and they're not traveling internationally because they didn't get the London games. So that means they're going to be on the road more. That means they're changing, I think, it's over 30 times, though, 32 times, zones. I want to say off the top of my head. So it's going to be a lot of back and forth. It's going to be a lot of travel for a new era. And when it's a new era of football, mm-hmm. let's be real. Anytime you got to, you know, hurdle some time zone changes, it's going to be harder. Then oh, yeah. let's say, you know, having a coach that you're used to for five, ten plus years, you know. So oh, yeah. that's, I think, the impact that I wanted people to know is the fact that it's not like, oh, they're the middle of the pack or whatever. It's they're going to be traveling. One of the they're going to be the te- one of the teams that travels the most that never leaves the country the entire season.
1: <laughs> no kidding. And and not only that, but I I talked about when the schedule came out a couple weeks ago, Hikaru, I talked about. The fact that a lot of people were focusing on those final six games, right? Because it is a tough stretch uh, towards the end. Most of those are at home, which is good, as opposed to the first. But I look at the first six games of the schedule... And I say to myself, if you don't make it through that first six game of the schedule, then you're right. Then you get to the end of it and you have all those road trips, especially two, I think, back-to-back East Coast trips, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, and yep. so this team, it's good It's good that this team has improved so vastly in the roster and, and clearly with the coaching in the front office. Because they're going to really, if, if the Raiders do what everyone thinks they can do, which is make the playoffs and maybe even make a nice run in the playoffs this season, they're going to earn it and no one can deny it.
3: No, no one can. No one can deny it. You're right. And that's another thing I wrote about. It's the early bye week. It's earlier than last year. And, folks, we're talking about six weeks into the season. So it's (laughs) going to be an evaluation period for Josh McDaniels. It's going to be an evaluation period for the Raiders as a whole organization. And it's going to be up against tough teams. I mean, you're going up against two division rivals right before, right before you hit the bye week. I mean, you're going to be exhausted. Not only is it a, h- hitting a reset button, but on top of it, hitting a, a physical reset button. Jeez. Then it's like, <laughs> all right, let's get through this. What is our record showing? And let's be real. Anything is possible at that point. You can be six. In, you know, anything is possible. You can be undefeated. Yeah. You can be 500. Who knows what's going to happen?
1: No question. Um, and and Hikaru, if you look at the Raiders right now, clearly the news of the week, there was a lot of the, that's the great thing I, I've liked about uh, this new regime has been the way they've gone about their business so methodically. But this week, you know, Wednesday, it comes out. Whoa, Colin Kaepernick uh, had a tryout. With the Raiders in Las Vegas, not a surprise based on what Mark Davis said several weeks ago. Uh, but how much did that catch did that catch you off guard? What do you think of it overall? The Raiders have three quarterbacks in camp that you look at and say, okay, they could easily be obviously Derek Carr, one, uh, Stidham, number two. And so, so you look at those guys and you look at them bringing in Colin Kaepernick. What's your what was your initial reaction when you saw that?
3: Let's be real, it it was bound to happen, and I'm glad it happened when it happened because. Colin Kaepernick earned that spot. I've seen a lot of comments on Twitter. I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, Cap, this, Cap, that." But let's be real. He had the opportunity. The Raiders gave it to him. Josh McDaniels has declined to comment for obvious reasons. I think if you if you look at the situation, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's I think it's a phenomenal thing that the Raiders gave a shot to Kaepernick and show, hey, you know what? Sources are saying that he's looking pretty all right. So, you know, and there was other reports that came out that at least two other teams wanted to work him out before the Raiders did. I think it's fitting that Mark Davis did it. I think the timing is perfect because now you kind of went through, got the new regime settled in and be like, you know what? Let's give Kaepernick a shot. So to me, I think timing wise was perfect. I mean, I saw it and Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, all right, this happened. You know, it was on Wednesday. I'm like, okay, all right, this happened on, you know, on my newsfeed. but. Was I surprised? Not really, because I, I was expecting it to happen anyways. You I mean you have the Al Davis, Mark Davis family history going on there. Right. It was the first black you know, yeah, our shell. You look back at the history of all the way back to our shell that I covered two years ago. I mean, the history is there. So if there's mm-hmm. any organization that's gonna do it, it's the Raiders organization.
1: No question. And and that's the thing, no matter no and I and I keep saying this to people because I know it's hard for people sometimes today to separate their feelings on one subject, and and look at something from a different perspective. So when I look at Kaepernick, I'm not even looking at from the whole social justice political thing, however you want to call it, because that is a very polarizing issue. And you've seen it interacting with Raider Nation on Twitter since this news came out. Is you know, there's there half the half the fans hate it, and half the fans love it. Um, you either are uh, a racist or a communist, depending which way you go. <laughs> uh, that's how that's how how crazy it gets. But I looked at it from this way, which is I've always said on this show, I've been consistent over the last three years that I hoped he got a tryout because at the end of the day, sports is the ultimate in, in meritocracy. If you can earn your way onto a roster, it doesn't matter. There's been lots of folks with different different issues in their lives or they've taken stances on something, and they've had the opportunity. Now, I say, and I want to get your comments on this, Hey, Cairo, which is uh, I say I'm doubtful on Colin Kaepernick, not because I don't like the guy or because he went to the University of Nevada Reno, which was my alma mater's uh, uh, arch rival at UNLV. <laughs> But um, instead, I say he's been out of football. He has not played a snap of football for six years. And I don't care what good a shape you're in. I don't care if you've been throwing in three-on-three drills. That doesn't matter. It's not the same as as full-speed football. Now, the reports are he looked good in the tryout. But, that again, that's not full-steam football. Um, If you're the Raiders, though, Hikaru, and you mentioned this, I don't think you lose in this one. Yes, you might piss off some of your fans who who don't like uh, Colin Kaepernick, but to the players in the locker room, especially those players who might have a high interest in him and social justice, for example, because of their personal views, uh, and 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 your your legacy as an organization who has really taken on guys who wanted a second chance. Do can they possibly lose in this factor at all?
3: I don't think they lose at all. I think I think every situation you're going to have. You know win lose scenarios and i think every situation you know some people are going to look at it as a loss but i think in this situation it's a raiders win i mean you're showing hey we're going to give this guy a shot right. you're showing all right he's looking good and you're showing all right whatever decision we make it's not because of whatever else is out there it's because of what we saw on the field and if we saw you know if we thought that the workout was good enough for him to be you know our potential third string maybe a four string then maybe but honestly, with what the Raiders are going on, and I know what we we're going to talk about later on as well with you know Hunter Renfro, and then we had the Devontae Adams trade and everything. It's not the time for them, if anything, to give Kaepernick a shot. It was more of, hey, let's stop this talking about it. Let's see how you're doing. And right. be like, all right, you're looking good. But like you said, Scott. He hasn't played for six years of full-on football. Yeah. I mean, that's like me saying, all right, I haven't written an article in six years. Let's go on this computer and pretend I can write an article just like I wrote one yesterday. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, I might be good at it. Fine, whatever. But that's yeah. not going to happen. So I don't think that the Raiders will pick him up or anything. I think it's more of a let's see where Colin Kaepernick is and let's just see, you know, what stock value is looking like even with people who haven't played, you know, in, in the NFL yeah. for a few years. So yeah. I think that's ultimately what it was for the front office.
1: Well, and also, Kairou, I think that as NFL, NFL, if you cover as you have to, uh, if you cover the NFL, you know that a lot of times teams will work, work out players. They work them out all the time. Now, of course, Colin Kaepernick and, and what he's been through and what he stood for uh, calls a whole different attention to it. But if this had been another quarterback that had been on the league for three years and they just brought him in for a tryout, nobody would think second about it. So it's, it's also the opportunity for the coaching staff to get familiar because let's say they don't sign him, but then one of your quarterback goes down in training camp or goes down early in the season, you've had him in, you've understood where he's at. So so he might be one of the first guys you can call. So, so from that perspective, I think it's a smart thing too. All right. So let's, let's shift gears now uh, to something uh, a little different. And that is what you mentioned, Hunter Renfro. We're, we're hearing more and more that the Raiders might be trying to wrap him up, give him that extension as he enters the final year of his contract. Uh, it's a well-deserved extension. I mean, fans are, I think, willing to sign over uh, the title to Allegiant Stadium to sign the guy. I think you got to be smart. Uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, an amazing talent. And I and, and in no way am I arguing against it because he used to be on our show. He used to be part of our show uh, uh, two seasons ago uh, every week, and I love the guy. But uh, when you look at this situation, I, I think people are, little, are worrying a little bit about about it too much because the Raiders have a lot of other things they need to do. They still need to address the offensive line, but do you make this a priority and want to get him signed for camp or can they extend it a little bit and maybe uh, make sure just by the time they hit the regular season, he's maybe under wraps?
3: Yeah, I love you because you give you you give me the best questions and <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I, here, here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think you have to secure Hunter Renfro as fast as possible and mm. this is why because all right. So you got Darren Waller as your tight end. He's killing it. You got Devontae Adams, with that blockbuster trade. No one's been paying attention to Hunter Renfro right now. True. But when the season gets going, let's be real, people are going to start paying attention to Hunter Renfro because he's still third in Renfro. And what we saw from last year, this guy could do a lot of things on first and second down two that no one knew about because mm-hmm. he was forced to do so because of injuries. So. You take that into account, yes, you have an offensive line that you still have no idea, and Alex Leatherwood had a tough season. But, I mean, you you look at the draft, and that's exactly what they did, is they wanted to get versatile players. This front office is all about getting versatile players. Hunter Renfro is that versatile player. <laughs> so if you don't <laughs> get Hunter Renfro signed, and he goes somewhere else because he's on the last year of your contract, or, you know, lo and behold, it's like you get to the end of the year and he's a free agent, it's going to be free grass for any of the other teams that are, yep. you know, in the middle of the pack that wants someone that's willing to pay a little bit more money to get someone like Renfro to be the first man, you know, the first target Renfro's okay. Being that second target, he always has been okay with it. Not because he's like, Oh my gosh, I gotta be the first target or whatever, but simply because he knows his role. He serves that role. He still gets touchdowns. He still gets fame. And he knows he's part of this winning culture, right? Yeah. Renfro likes being here. That's a fact. He likes being here, but he's not going to stay if he doesn't, get the money he deserves he showed that he gets the money that he deserves he's he's put the stats up right the numbers itself tell the story of who he is as a player so to me you prioritize that because your offensive line is versatile and let's be real you got the trade coming up still and you still got the free agency coming up during the season that the raiders dig deep in so to me right now you prioritize renfro let's get that over with let's get you on for another four years you're going to be another guy. We're going to be using you. So he doesn't have to worry about anything during the season. And the Raiders don't have to worry about anything during the season. Now you focus on building the offensive line and the protection the car needs so he can make those throws to those big targets.
1: I agree, man. No, absolutely. And, and it's interesting. Hikairo Kudo from uh, Sports Illustrated's uh, Raiders Maven website joins us. He covers the Raiders. Um, listen, so so you, you sign Renfro. Don't disagree. Um, there's still another guy there who we keep hearing might want a new contract, even though he just got one a couple years ago, and that's Darren Waller. Is he sort of the odd man out? I say that only in the short term. I'm not saying the Raiders want to get rid of him or that their plan is not to sign him again if he wants to rework his deal.
3: Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I think Darren Waller for the short term, for the short term, and I'm talking, you know, maybe at most the first half of the season type of thing until the Raiders kind of figure out their needs Mm -hmm. is on the back burner because that doesn't have to be reworked right now as much as he might want to. And if anything, him reworking that right now or trying to push the front office to rework that right now might actually be a negative impact for himself and the Raiders as a whole. So I think right now that's like, let's take a step back. Leave that beeper down, go play some football. And then once you show us again this year that you're sold to Darren Waller, then we know, all right, now come to the front office and let's rework your deal a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then we can take care of other things. Because again, remember, this is a new front office that came in. So they haven't done, you know, play football in, in, the, in the regular season yet, seeing how this organization functions with the staff they have, with the roster they have. So once Darren Waller shows that I think a little bit, you know. At, at while Josh McDaniels is on the sideline with his headset on, then I think we get talk and be like, hey, I'm not talking. It's not just articles. Start writing about it. You know, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Here's yeah. my performance. Here's my numbers. Let's talk about my contract now.
1: I agree. Okay, so now we're going to do two th- points. We got only a couple minutes left, Hikaru, but I want to talk to you about these two things. Number one, uh, and they're both off the field stuff, John Gruden goes to court, Uh, against the NFL with the leak of the the emails they refuse arbitration now people are getting excited that oh now the NFL is going to have to have discovery I don't think there's any chance in hell the NFL ever lets us go to court they're going to settle with John Gruden but a big victory for the Raiders former coach in my view
3: oh it's absolutely a big big victory to show the fact that hey if, if something needs to happen legally it has to go to court uh, so I think for the former head coach of John Gruden, you know, he was smiles all the way. He came out the court. He was saying go Raiders and everything, you know, <laughs> he did, so, he did. But like, but like you said, Scott, it's, I don't think it's going to go to court either. I think it's going to be out of court settlement. Uh, and ultimately I don't think we're ever going to see what exactly happened because let's be real. NFL is that big of, you know, that big of a, a league.
1: Absolutely. No question. All right. And then finally, and you wrote a piece up on the website about this, the lawsuit involving the move of the Rams from St. Louis to los angeles of course which blunted the move of the raiders to los angeles who were originally going to go there with the chargers and build that stadium in carson all that jazz um we found out this week through the discovery and through the process that the there was a plan N- mark davis didn't like the plan but there was a plan that the raiders could have moved to st louis to walk us through that here with a couple minutes we have left
3: so basically what it does is st louis post Dispatch. dispatches all credit to them they came out with an article with this revelation that hey the raiders were pawn essentially that the mm-hmm. raiders are going to be this franchise that goes if the rams leave st louis and at that point nfl already knew the rams organization already knew that they wanted to get out of there but really all it is is hey we need to let people know at least make it seem like we're they're still going to have a franchise <laughs> so we don't piss these people off that's ultimately what it is that's what it mark was. davis would have never given it up uh the raiders organization would never give it up there wouldn't have been a rebrand there wouldn't have been a rename nothing would have happened out of it because. Let's be real. The Raiders organization is international. And when you have an international organization like that and you piss off that organization, you piss off that fan base. Oh, goodness me. NFL, you're in <laughs> for this way. No matter how much you're trying to cover your booty up, you're in for a downhill. So, came out. But don't take anything serious. It was literally just a pawn. That's all it was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and And just remarkable, though, to think... I mean, of all the places that the Raiders you could never see the Raiders I know a lot of people said that about Vegas originally some people could totally see it, other people couldn't but St. Louis, not the case Uh, but yeah, just fascinating but as always, Hikairo Kudo, thank you so much great work, you can follow him on Twitter it's his name, which you can see up here on the board we will link it in the comments and excuse me, in the description below as well on the show, you can follow him at Hikairo Kudo 1 on Twitter, man, we'll have you on again much sooner than last time but we appreciate you joining us, joining us all the way from Japan. So thank you so much, man. Well,
3: thank you, Scott. Anytime. But yeah, hey, don't make me wait another year.
1: (laughs) I won't do that. I promise it'll be much sooner, but thank you again, buddy. And we'll take care and enjoy your trip out there. All right.
3: Thanks. Scott. appreciate it.
1: All right. Take care. All right. There we go. That was Hikaru Kudo from Japan, uh, Sports Illustrated. What a great young writer, good kid, uh, and love having him here on the show. So thank you guys. That's going to wrap up the show. Yes, we are already out of time on this Friday night. We covered a lot tonight with all that's happening in Raider Nation from Colin Kaepernick to the John Gruden court case to the St. Louis shenanigans (laughs) to what's going on with the roster currently, including Hunter Renfro. So thank you guys for being with us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SNB today. I am at LV Gully. If you want to check me out, you can do that. I love interacting with you all out there, Raider Nation is the best in the world. For everyone here at the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio and Silver and Black tonight, we thank you. We'll talk to you next week, Raider Nation. Be good to one another.
0: Thank you for joining us. Please catch Silver and Black tonight, every Friday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.